1: All right, we are here with a Newcastle update and what an update it is. We'll get there in a second, obviously. But first, I have to introduce Jake, uh, who, of course, you can find on Twitter at Jake Jackman with two N's, of course, covers most of the content over at EPL Index as well. Uh, Jake, an absolute pleasure having you on. And as I mentioned with Dan yesterday, I'm sure it's a pleasure being on because Newcastle have just kind of rolled out the money and brought in two signings on the day. Um, you brought up Maximin last time you were on as, as a potential next signing for Newcastle. That does indeed end up being the case. As well as Jetro Willems. You know, you and I and, and Dave, even on those huge uh, transfer shows, have kept talking about you needed to uh, add it left back. You finally do it with a hyper-talented left back that just has kind of been hindered by injuries. Maximin, pacey French enigmatic winger. It, it's a. It must be a very exciting day as a Newcastle fan.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's been a good... Good day for signings. Uh, pacey, French, enigmatic, winner it's just Newcastle through and through. We've had so many of them. It's it is just, yeah, it's just a classic Newcastle signing. So not surprised that uh, one went through. We talked about it last time. I thought one might be possible. It was, uh, I think, even after, on the Rafa leaving point, mentioned that it was rumoured and you thought it was strange it was coming out then. And it's, I think, yeah, it's, it, it's really really good at this i just think that the club have their, and they want to bring who they want to bring in and maybe and fit into that which i'm sure we'll come on to later but these two signings i thought saint maximum and i thought that was quite expected especially in the last few days they were linking in with us and watford um and, but we seem to be about us making bids and and and, and us and uh, newcastle being the ones in talk so i'm not surprised that one went for especially as Perez when we needed a replacement for him. Um and and in the preseason friendlies we've had, I think we've we've lacked a bit of creativity and somebody to to spark things off in an attack, and he will definitely do that. I think maybe he's not the finished article, but if he was, he wouldn't be coming to Newcastle. He's he's very excited to watch. He's he's really good on the dribble, he's quick, he, he beats players, but his end product maybe he's not what it could be but that's why we're signing him but it it is is an exciting signing especially when you put him along Almiron and Joel Antonio who signed a few weeks ago now that looks like a really it it looks like an exciting front three but also looks like a front three that needs to prove itself in the Premier League none of those players have done that yet so it's going to be interesting to see how that one goes especially if we roll that out next week against Arsenal it's going to be interesting to see if any of them really step up and and take to it immediately Um, I guess Almiron's the one you're going to look to for that um, considering he's had 10, 11 games in the Premier League already. Um, he, he's the one you look to but it does look like a really good front three um, based on pure talent which I guess we need to go off at this point because we have nothing else to to go <laughs> on in Premier League football. But uh, Willem as well uh, definitely left back is a spot we needed to we tried with um, Baraka in the January window and he, mm-hmm. he he played a half against Tottenham and then didn't really feature again so I guess that that shows really his how he in England and maybe his commitment and, and effort and training maybe went against him but yeah definitely a left back we we needed um, Paul Dummett has, has been there for a long time but really I think his, his best position is centre back probably uh, left side it's to the back of a, of a three which I guess we might go with this year we've, we've gone with it again in a little bit so if that does happen um, you're going to be more yeah centre-back so, so that means that we needed a left back and, and we've been linked with a, a left back and so he, he, personal terms didn't really go down with well so we're back for a target that we've been linked with for a good number of years now i think we went in for willems when he was at psv um and we got and we didn't get him then but we've got him now he's 25 he's still young enough to to push on he, he's really talented re- very quick offers a lot in attack is defensive abilities uh, maybe sometimes are not the best but he, he's definitely a talent and he's someone we've followed for a long time so I'm not surprised we've gone back there especially on a loan with a view to a permanent I think it's a good deal for us because we can see one for, first and foremost about his injuries and second if if he's the Premier League so it, it is a good deal for us but yeah I, th- I, th- I think we've strengthened two weak positions we definitely needed. More depth on the wing, probably more quality as well, more creativity, which we've got hopefully, and we needed a probably a better player at left back and also more cover because Dummett is good in, in a four or two, but he's probably not the best in, in the formation we're going with. So we definitely needed a player there. And we've got somebody in uh, and a long-term target of that. So it, I think it is a positive day.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, although you did mention when you're talking about Maximin being in a three. Uh, obviously kind of an allusion to a potential formation do you think it would be kind of a 4-3-3 three, three, or or how do you think that Maxim and, and who will come on to discuss here in a second will fit into that front line
2: yeah i i think it'll be a 3 um i, th- I think we're likely to go with 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 five at the back but i think it's it it is going to be three up top which means Two, two in midfield, probably going to be Isaac Hayden and Longstaff, maybe Shelby. Um, it's going to be those three competing for those two spots, but we don't really have a lot of depth at centre midfield. And with less than a week now or, or about a week left in the window. Uh, I'm not convinced we're going to go out and strengthen that position because we need a couple more positions, which I'm sure we're going to come on to later with future business. But we probably need somebody else at, at centre mid, but I'm not sure we'll get it. So based on that, we can't really go in with three midfielders mm. um, so I, I think it will be we'll five at the back with, with with two in midfielder and three up top maybe slightly narrower so I could see Almiron and, and St. Maximum playing sort of quite narrow allowing the mm. full backs to get on um, which I think would probably suit us I could see that's the way we're going to go I, I think in preseason Bruce is we're stuck with kind of the same stuff Rafa's been doing with, with three um, centre backs so it, that's probably the way he, he sees it going forward. And I think this, this business shows it. I think uh, Jethro Williams is very much a, a player that offers width on on the left-hand side. Um, I think he'll get forward um, and offer that option. So if if we've got him, uh, and I would be surprised if he didn't come in as a starter, maybe not at first, but long-term over the season, I, I would be surprised if he were not the starting left-back. That probably means we're going to go narrow up top uh, and I could see Almiron and, and St. Maximum playing sort of a narrow just behind Jolinton. I think that would probably suit us. Um, what that means for other players, uh, sort of like Christian Atsu and, and Matt Ritchie, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if they're going to be in that first eleven, but both of them could probably offer a little, little bit more in the deeper positions rather than those those front, front three. But, you know, we, we've got a, quite a... A small squad so they'll probably be needed there as well but yeah I could see it being a th- five at the back two in the midfield and then and then the three up top but yeah quite narrow I'd imagine
1: yeah Willems being allowed to just attack most of the match if you play a back three is a very dangerous asset to add to your squad um, would definitely unsettle some folks. the combination of him and Almiron would be pretty fun on the left and then if you dared to play Yedlin and Maximin on the right that would be A lot of pace. I don't know how much defensive effort you'd get out of him, but uh, that would obviously be a really interesting pairing as well. Um, Then we also alluded to Joel Linton. He was another player that you mentioned in our last Newcastle update that was just about through the door already. That deal has been confirmed as well. A little bit pricey considering what he's done in the past. Very much paying for potential. Do you think it was worth it?
2: A little bit pricey based on what he's done in the past, but I think it's a little bit pricey for Newcastle. I like guess going out and spending 40 million on a player is quite a big thing. So I think it shows the faith that our scouts have had in him. Um, he's looked good in pre season. He looks very much, I wouldn't say similar to Rondons, because I think he's not exactly the same but he definitely looks like he can hold himself in a physical battle he looks like he's good on the ball, he can bring it forward, he can run with it, something that Rondon wasn't the best at, I think a few times last season where he had chances to run at centre-backs and to run through on goal and he couldn't quite manage it so I guess that's something different that we might have to our game this season which is a positive definitely in terms of goal scoring, Joelinton hasn't proven it yet but I think that in terms of xG and everything, it, especially last season, he did very well, um, and he sort of underperformed that. So, which is a worry, but at the same time, uh, it's one season. So, it, it, if he's getting that high xG, it probably means he, he's quite a good forward, and he just needs to. It might have just been a bad season finishing, and, and, and clearly we've looked at him and thought that he's got that potential. and know Brazil, uh, the Brazilian setup, think of him as a, as a future international, so that can't be a bad thing. So. He's looked good in pre-season. He's got a goal already. Um, definitely looks like he's capable of leading the line for one of the bottom half Premier League clubs, which which is a positive. It is, it's a huge it's a huge gamble to put £40 million on a player for us because we know that this regime and, and Mike actually looks looks at spending money and then selling, selling them on for a profit. So if we're signing a player for 40 million pounds as is reported in the press that means we must be expecting this player to 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 absolutely do very well in the premier league and then we'll be able to sell him on for i mean if you've signed a player for 40 million pounds you can't be expecting to sell them for any less than 60 i guess it would be shocked if we did so we clearly think he's going to be a, a massive hit in the premier league that remains to be seen but early signs are good looks like he'll fit our system quite well. Um I think we're going to need cover for him, but he does look at this point looks like he could be very very good but at the same time 40 million pounds is a lot. So we're going to have to expect him to to hit the ground running and do what Rondón did like last season maybe beat his goal tally. So it would be interesting to see if he can do that, but yeah, it does look massive risk but could potentially have huge rewards.
0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: Just out of curiosity, are you how how do you feel about forty million versus Rondon for like 10-ish, which is what you probably could have had him?
2: Yeah, um, when when you say it like that, I think I'd rather have gone for Rondon just because we've, we've seen it. He's proven he got those goals for us last, last season. And when he was at West Brom, he, he always consistently scored goals, even if it wasn't at the the. 10 plus that you'd maybe want from a striker um but at the same time he he was getting on um he was probably he was asking for a contract that um we didn't want to give him um not only we didn't want to give him no other Premier League club went in for him so he proved himself last season we were all saying oh Newcastle could sign him he's he's made you know he's made the team so much better he's proven that he's a a very good Premier League striker but we didn't go in for him and no other Premier League club did either I, I know Wolves and West Ham were interested in him they obviously both decided that the package wasn't worth it so it was it's difficult to criticize the club for not signing him when no other Premier League club did either so it, it might have just been a money thing it might have been an age thing um, there might have been other things going on in the background but I, I, I would have been more critical of it if another Premier League club had gone in and done it but they didn't so it, it's difficult to criticize one out of 20 clubs for not doing mm-hmm. it in this case Newcastle went, when no other club did either so I think I think maybe the money thing wasn't right uh, and maybe the club just wanted to go for a younger player which which is completely understandable
1: yeah it's a fair point and it is an interesting kind of uh, youth-ish revolution there happening at Newcastle right now especially like you mentioned Longstaff and Hayden in midfield then you add both Joel Anton and Maxman in attack who are pretty young uh do you know if there's any option to buy on the Willems deal or is it just the one-year loan
2: uh yeah there there is an option to buy so I think it's definitely a case of seeing if the injuries work out see if he adapts to the Premier League and then buy him my guess is that it will work out but uh I don't want (laughs) to you know
1: lead you guys too far down the excitement train but I mean the if that works out to the capability that it could, that could be a fantastic signing in hindsight. Um, obviously very exciting motion from you thus far in the market. Do you think there will be any more moves, either incomings or outgoings from Newcastle, or do you think, you know, you've added three players to your starting eleven and that's a good place to kinda of leave it?
2: I think there'll be more, um, based on just a general mood about things. Um I don't think they would have made this double double transfer now if there wasn't more to come purely because Newcastle fans are in a position now where, obviously, there's, there's boycotts and and protests in 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 the pipeline. They they could happen. I'm not sure how popular they're going to be, but um, they could happen. So I don't think they would have wasted those two signings now if there wasn't more to come. Because uh, you you and everybody knows that the transfers to sort of peak at this time, and every every sport on Twitter wants to see their club signing a player so and and they're still just under a week to go so I don't think they would have done them both now if there wasn't more to come. So I think there will be. I think we need a new right back. Um I think Mankio and Yedlin are both okay, but neither of them stand out as an obvious starter for our Premier League club. I think we need another striker. Um we've got Dwight Gale and Muto as well, but I don't think either of them have, have stood out as Premier League quality. I think that I wouldn't mind keeping either of them to to back up, but I'd want another player coming in. I think Andy Carroll might come in, come back to the club, which is going to be mm. odd, but that he is now massive. I, I don't want to buy too much into to bookies' odds, but he's massive, massive odds-on favourite to go to Newcastle, which probably says something's going on, and he has been linked. So that would be interesting, if nothing else. I think that. He probably probably shouldn't never have left the club, to be honest. I think that he, it was it suited him. I don't think he's got the motivation to go on and play at a very very high level, but he had the motivation to play for his for his own club. So it'd be interesting if he comes back and sorts himself out. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see that one happen. Um, we've been li- linked to a Swedish right back, um, Kraft. I think he plays for in in the the league. And he, it'd be interesting we going for him and Di Matteo, uh Dimatio, who is very reliable brought out the Pepe news and things like that he's purporting that we're going in for an Inter Milan teenage striker Calidio um us and Leeds United and he says that Newcastle are leading the race for him so maybe that'll be another one to come in to add some sort of firepower to our front line so there's gonna be more to come I think we need to sell a few players I think we're slightly over the 25 man squad so that means we we might have to loan out a couple or, or sell a couple maybe Dwight Gale is one of those ones that that will have a lot of interest in the championship that might go. But yeah, I think there'll be more. Um, I think we've got, yeah, I think there's definitely more to come. We definitely need to write back. I think that's the one position I've said all, all summer that we needed to strengthen, and we, we definitely need to go out and do that now. And we probably need another striker, which, which probably looks like it's going to be Andy Carroll, which is going to be strange and interesting in, in equal measure.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting remainder to the window for Newcastle if some of those names uh, do pop up. Uh, at St. James Park by the start of the season. Uh out of curiosity, what do you make of all of these signings happening post Rafa because the narrative was Rafa's leaving because he isn't being backed by ownership. It certainly seemed that that was the case, but now see Bruce comes in and all of a sudden you're splashing all this cash bringing in all these talented players who who as we've mentioned, they all kind of have a maybe not fatal defect but something that they definitely need to work on to make it to the next level uh as individuals do, do you think that's just because he didn't think he could build the team that he's building now with Roth at the helm kind of as you allude to earlier or, or do you think there's
2: something more than that uh and i'm going to will I'll start this off by saying i think that we should have given Rafa is what he wanted should have given him authority over transfers given him everything and if that would have happened we probably wouldn't have seen these players arrive but that's what I think we should have done based on where we currently are and what Rafa Benitez is and what he guaranteed but I think that it's difficult not to say this is so it's it's difficult to say this is all the club's fault for, for what happened um I think that 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 constant disagreement of transfers sort of shows the the difference of what the two parties wanted. I think Rafa wanted to build his team. He wanted to bring in slightly older players, players that could come in and and do a job straight away. Whereas Mike Ashley and Newcastle has always been uh, an owner that wants to invest in youth and gamble on these talented young players, sometimes slightly damaged goods. Mitrovic, probably St. Maximin now based on the problems he's had with Nice. He wants to gamble on these players and hope that he can he can turn them into the player they could be and then turn a profit. Which I think that's what he wants. He wants to build a uh, a team of young players that w- with sell-on value, which which isn't a as a support. It's difficult to to completely get behind that. but It's difficult to argue with it because if you fully commit to that, um, there's plenty of clubs that have done. If you fully commit to buying players in uh, talented youngsters in. Playing them in the Premier League, giving them that exposure, then turning them into better players—that that can be a, a workable business model if you if you commit to it properly. Something that we maybe didn't do in the past. We did it in Steve McLaren. You saw Tovin come in. You saw Mitrovic, jo- Wijnaldum. Wijnaldum is now a Champions League winner. Talvin is a, a very very good player. Somebody that is, is, should be playing at a high level than maybe he is. Uh, Mitrovic maybe hasn't gone the way it is, but if you get two out of three right, it's, it's quite a good hit rate, I'd say. Uh, obviously, Sissoko is another one that we brought in during that period, and he's obviously played in the Champions League final and done very well with Spurs. So it, I, I think that's a, that's what he wants to do. I don't think Rafa really wanted to do that. So the, the reason maybe why we didn't sign a lot of players during the last couple of years, I think that Rafa had the last say on transfers, and I think he was offered these players. He's probably offered these these specific players, probably players of a similar ilk, and he said no to them because they didn't fit into what he wanted to do. And I, and I can see that. I couldn't see, say, Maximin's fitting into a Rathbunita system. I couldn't see it working. Um, and I wanted, I think he wanted his players, he wanted to see the likes of Tammy Abraham in on loan. He wanted to see Rondon coming in on a the permanent. They're, they're the type of players he wanted to see. Um but I don't think the club wanted that. So I think it was just a very much a, a clash of um, desires and what to do in the transfer market. So now he's gone. There there were these funds that were always there, but because they could never agree on it, they, they were never spent. So now Steve Bruce has, has accepted that he's not going to get what he wants, um, but he's happy to accept these players coming in because obviously they're very talented and he's, willing to give it a chance. The problem I have with it is if you're going to commit to this model of of young, talented players from from abroad, um, some of them maybe have attitude problems that, that need to be coached. Uh, I think all of them need to be coached. I think for that to work, you need to have a quality coach on board, something we had with Rafa, something we now don't have with Steve Ruth, I don't think. So if you're going to properly commit to it. I don't think he was the right appointment. I think we should have gone um, foreign. I think we should have gone. I think Giovanni Van, uh, Van Bronckhorst was somebody interested in the job. I'm sure Philip Koku might have been interested in the job before Derby. I think there was probably managers out there that would have come in and done this job, um, accepting the transfer policy, accepting these players, and, and coaches that could have done a better job of them and, and turn turn this team into a a more functional and attractive team to watch. Um, so yeah, the, the, the problem I have is not with letting Rafa go, I think that was bound to happen at some point. I think the, the, the club and, and he wanted different things, but the problem I have is with the appointment that followed. Um, I think we would have gone with a more attractive coach, somebody that would have been willing to do this. I think Bruno Ginesio was a, was a coach that was mentioned that maybe would have been willing for that, who did for, quite well with Leon for a long time. So. There's coaches out there that we maybe we should have went and got, and players that could, uh, coaches that could have turned these players into very good Premier League players. But the, the problem we have now is that we have a, we've spent a lot of money. We did this a few years ago. Steve McLaren, talented players, but we still went down. So it's whether Steve Bruce can can do better than that and prove that he, he's a better coach than he's proven before. That's going to be the interesting test. But I, I think with Rafa, I think it was just a a clash in, in what they wanted, um, and I think the club have always wanted to bring in these players. These players would have been bought in with Rafa. I'm sure they would. He would have been offered them. He probably just would have said no to them. That, that's the thing. So it is now all down to Steve Bruce to prove that the club are right to show faith in him. I have my doubts, but he he now has an opportunity, and if he starts to win games, I'm sure the, the Newcastle fans will get behind him. So it'll be interesting to see if it does. All go to plan and he gets some wins and we do manage to finish in, in relative mid table. I, d- I don't mm-hmm. think staying staying up will be enough for the Newcastle fans. I don't on on the whole, especially in match going fans. I don't think that will be enough. I think he needs to to show a little bit more than that. And he's talked about winning cups, mm-hmm. um, the FA Cup, the League Cup. So mm-hmm. especially after spending. Sixty million already. This somebody needs to to go and prove that. So it'd be interesting if he does that.
1: Yeah, I feel like you're kind of talking around this point. So I'm just going to kind of ask a point blank question: Do you think that Newcastle would have been better with Rafa and limited spending, or with Steve Bruce and these kind of really impressive talents that you've managed to to bring into the club?
2: I, th- I think I, w- I would say Rafa and the limited spending purely mm. because we know that he he would never have got this team relegated. He he would, we'd always compete. With 11 strangers
1: off the street.
2: <laughs> exactly, we'd always compete, we'd never get blown away. We'd, we'd sign players, he'd find players that he could mould into, to very good players. If you look at Fabian Schär and Martin Depravka now, would they have signed if he wasn't there? Probably not, but they're now both 20 million plus footballers, so it, it is, I I think he he still would have managed to make it work. and and I could never have seen us going down with Rafa Benitez over a whole season so I'd always go for that but as a supporter it's difficult not to get excited about the players players that are coming in and and the talent they have
1: Yeah it's a really interesting juxtaposition I suppose just like you kind of said time will tell by the end of the season if you've just finished mid-table if you've improved more than that or if you end up in a relegation fight I guess then we'll have a true barometer of, of you know, how Steve Bruce plus the players matches up against what Rafa delivered over the past few seasons. But uh, until then, you know, enjoy the excitement of bringing in some some high-profile names, some high-profile talents. And uh, yeah, it, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Newcastle get on this season. Uh, that will do it for us right now, though. So Jake, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you?
2: Yeah, get me on. Uh, Jake Jack with two Ends on Twitter. Um Posted a few, a couple of championship previews. Obviously, that's starting tomorrow as we record today. Um, so or it started today as I record today. The Luton and, and Middlesbrough. So okay. check those ones out. We've we've ran through the twenty four teams, given our predictions. So yeah, check that that out. And obviously, i'm um, check any of my writings out on that I share on my Twitter profile. All
1: right. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Jake. Uh, congratulations again on on the signings today. And I'm sure we'll speak soon.